Welcome to this time of worship at First United Methodist Church in Pasadena, California. I'm Sandra Olwine and I serve as pastor here and on behalf of our staff and entire congregation, we're so glad that you have joined us for worship this day. In this season of Lent, we turn again and again to God's forgiving, merciful grace so that we might be renewed in our walk of faith, find purpose for our life, and serve God by loving our neighbors in God's name. In anticipation that the Spirit will meet us here in this time, let us turn our hearts then to praise and prayer.
We gather again and again for worship because God's love is the source of our strength and hope for all of our days. In gratitude then, please join us in the call to worship. Before we were born, before we took our first breath, before the week started, before the year started, before we said, I love you, before we said, I'm sorry, before we figured out who we really are. Before we figured out who we want to be. Before it all. God loved us. Unconditionally and freely. Fully and honestly. God loved us. Again and again, this is where our story begins. Let, Let us worship, worship God. God.
on this fourth Sunday of Lent, we listen for how God loves first. We might say God leads by example. We lead by example too, but too often what we model is impatience, grumbling, irritation, resentment, or even anger. We get caught up in our way of seeing the world, losing sight of others and how they might perceive it. So today, in a spirit of openness and humility, let us confess our need for transformation and renewed spirits, as God, who overflows with love, listens to our prayers. God of love, we forget the beginning of the story, that we were made from love, to be love, to give love. Instead of rooting our narrative in the goodness refrain of creation, we skip ahead and find our worth at the fall with Cain and Abel, lost in the wilderness. We forget that first there was you, and you are love. We forget that out of that love you created us. We forget that from the very first day, you loved first. We forget because a love like that doesn't make sense to us. Forgive our low self-esteem. Forgive our resistance to love ourselves. Forgive our hesitation to trust that even we could be made good and forgive our tendency to pass that doubt on from generation to generation. Write a new beginning for us. That roots our confidence in your unrelenting love. With hope we pray again and again. Amen. My friends, hear these words of assurance. Family of faith, no matter what we do, where we go, or what we tell ourselves, God is love, and God is loving us. Again and again, we are claimed, held, forgiven, and cared for. In the name of the lover, the beloved, and love itself. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Good morning, young Christians. Have you ever been laying in bed at night when you were supposed to be sleeping, but instead you just found yourself wondering, thinking, asking all kinds of questions, like how many teeth does a walrus have? Is it just the two tusks we can see or are there more? Maybe there's some other interesting questions that come into your mind at night. Well, today our story is about a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus had some big questions he was wondering about at night. And so he went to see Jesus. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And usually Pharisees were people who felt like they knew a lot about God. But Jesus was saying things that were a little bit different than what Nicodemus and his friends believed. Nicodemus believed that Jesus was sent from God, but he wanted to know more. He didn't understand. Even though it was the middle of the night, Jesus didn't mind. Jesus spoke with Nicodemus, talked to him about all of his questions. And one of the most important things that Jesus wanted Nicodemus to understand is that it was true. God did send Jesus. And Jesus wanted Nicodemus and all of us to understand that the reason God sent him was because of love. Because God loved the world, the whole world, so much. Jesus is God's gift of love to the world. What do you think of when you think of love? If anyone is with you right now, tell them what comes to mind when you think of love. Can you imagine a love so big that it's for the whole world? That's how big God's love is. And just like Jesus was sent by God as a gift of love to the world, each of us was created in God's image. We were created to love like God to follow Jesus and to share God's love and light with the world. You know, just like Nicodemus, we sometimes will have some questions and we won't always understand, but we can always come to Jesus with our questions. God is always right there with us in the middle of the night and we can talk to God about what we don't understand. Here is a Lenten challenge for us this week. When you find yourself lying in bed with all kinds of thoughts running through your mind, unable to sleep, spend some time talking to God. Talk to God about your questions, what you don't understand, and remember how big God's love is. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving the whole world. Thank you for sending Jesus. And thank you for listening to all of our questions.
and being with us even when we don't understand. Teach us to love the world like Jesus did. Amen. On this fourth Sunday of Lent, the first scripture lesson comes from Paul's letter to the people of Ephesus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh following the desires of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Gospel lesson this week is a familiar one from John, the third chapter, verses 14 through 21. Listen for the word of God as conveyed through this story. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. judgment that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed but those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God fourth Sunday of Lent. Anyone else wondering how we've gotten here? How we are almost through Lent and a quarter of the way through 2021? Anyone else feeling disoriented knowing that today marks the one year anniversary of virtual worship? One year, 52 Sundays of gathering in this new way. A way not so new any longer. 
You know, we have joked that this last year has been like one long unending season of Lent. We've come around so that the claws on our sanctuary cross are again the correct ones for the liturgical season we are in. But if Lent is about a wilderness journey where our path is uncertain and the challenges and dangers unknown as we travel, then yes, March 2020 to March 2021, Lent has been unending. Now, there's certainly have been some odd moments in this year, hasn't there? Like runs on toilet paper. What was all that about anyway? Or the silence, the silence in those early days when traffic on the freeway was almost non-existent. And then the scramble to adjust to at-home schooling and at-home work. And the fear of those who still had to work in public and with the, all the risks that entailed. As days gave way to weeks and then months and now a year, there has been much that has broken our hearts. The inability to hug our loved ones or to share meals with friends has been rough. You know, as someone who lives alone, all I can say is thank God for Mackenzie. The pain and reality of racism also has been brutally unmasked yet again, as has the persistence and power of white supremacy in our nation. And then UNICEF released a report a week ago concerning the impact this last year has had on the mental and emotional health of children globally, highlighting alarming increases in anxiety, loneliness, fear, and self-harm among young people, and the desperate need to invest now in mental health services for them. And then of course, there's been the grieving, the unimaginable amount of grieving, as hundreds of thousands of families have empty chairs at their tables, some families with multiple empty places, and people mostly unable to gather together to say goodbye or to comfort one another in person. Rituals disrupted, healing traditions inaccessible. Yes, in so many ways, this last year has been an experience of walking through one long valley of shadow, one long night, in which we haven't been sure that day will ever dawn. Maybe some of us have not been as confident as the psalmist who proclaims that there is no fear of evil in such days, trusting that God is there. Now, I couldn't help but think about Nicodemus in the midst of the swirling emotions and the challenging realities of this moment. You see, the gospel lesson today is taken out of its context, for it is the end of an encounter that takes place under the cover of night between Nicodemus, a prominent religious leader, who comes to Jesus, acknowledging that Jesus must be a teacher who has come from God, because no one could do the signs he does apart from the presence of God. Well, what ensues between them is in essence a rabbinic teaching encounter. Words about being born from above, the movement of the spirit, lack of understanding, earthly things and heavenly things all precede the text we heard this morning. You know, often sermons on this passage focus on Nicodemus's coming at night as a form of secrecy or fear of being found out, something I've certainly preached a time or two myself. But as I sat with the idea of night, you know, the long, long night through which we have been walking this last year, I wondered about another meeting in John's telling us that this encounter happened in the dark. 
You see, John doesn't have a Jesus birth narrative like Matthew and Luke, at least a birth that has at least some resemblance to what we humans experience. But he does have a birth story, but it's one that goes all the way back to the very beginning of creation. Remember the opening verses of John's gospel? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being with through him, and without him not one thing came into being. And what has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Well, think back now and remember how the whole story starts in Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters and then God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness God called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now I've pointed out before that in the creation story, if you listen carefully, creation begins in the night. There was evening and there was morning, the first day. Night, the dark, isn't something to be dreaded in this story. No, night is the time creation begins. God is at work in the dark. God's spirit is blowing through it and out of it, God brings dawn. God brings light. God brings life. You know, maybe Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the night in the dark and God's spirit is blowing. And why is God's spirit blowing? Because Jesus says, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world that God gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. In the dark, in the night of our soul, in the time of doubt and fear and uncertainty and pain and grief, God is at work because God loves what God created. For me, it was like this breathtaking realization you know, on Thursday, when I took Mackenzie out on our early morning walk, I headed south on our street and then east like every other morning at 6.30 a.m. But it wasn't until I turned north on Sierra Madre Villa and I finally looked at the San Gabriel Mountains that I really noticed that a new day had begun. For there was, was snow, glorious snow at the lowest elevation I have seen this season, for a couple of seasons actually. I literally stopped in my tracks as my breath caught in wonder and tears gathered in the corner of my eyes as it was so beautiful. You know, when the rain was falling on Wednesday night, I hadn't even thought about the possibility of snow. But here, in the crisp morning, sunlight sparkled off the mountaintops and I could feel my lungs fill as I took a deep breath. A holy breath. For it was a moment of transformation. I felt new in that moment of wonder, renewed, like I could get through all that was before me because I remembered that God loves what God has created and is at work, even in the night, making 
all things new. God loves first. All of creation, all of humanity, all of us, you and me. And God's love doesn't stop, even in the midst of devastation, even when the devastation is brought on by our human activity. Think about it, if our heart has been broken in this last year, how much more must God's heart grieve at the brokenness, sorrow, and injustice? How much must God's heart break at the isolation, harm, and wreckage we so often bring on each other? You know, as I stood looking at the beautiful mountains, I felt grief amidst my wonder. Grief for God, for God's heartache, and that utter sense of helplessness that one feels when there's nothing you can do to help someone you love who is grieving. Now I realize whatever heartache we know, whatever grief we bear, whatever loss we experience, whatever fear we face, whatever despair overwhelms us, God knows it. God experiences it in ways beyond our imagining. You know, I think the condemnation Jesus talks to Nicodemus about is the condemnation we bring on ourselves when we so freely choose pride and greed, self-sufficiency, fear and complacency, judgment and hate. Those things are the shadows. When we choose those things over humility and generosity, community and openness, passion and acceptance and love, those are the things of the light. And yet, and yet even when we make such choices, God chooses again and again to love first, to love always. God does indeed know our griefs and longs to comfort us. And while condemnation might be deserved, God in God's sorrow chooses to love rather than condemn in order that all might be saved. That is what we are to believe in. That is what Jesus reveals about this God of creation and what he hopes that Nicodemus will come to know. This is so important because you see, faith isn't primarily about some set of dogmatic pronouncements. It isn't about simply saying, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, imagining that there's some magic or righteousness or superior claim in such a statement. You know, Jesus's purpose wasn't to gather a bunch of people that point to him. No, it was in him that people would come to see God, the God of life and light, who works even in the night to bring good things into existence. And faith in that God, in that work, draws us into that same purpose, recognizing that even in our frailty, we are made worthy to participate in God's good work. That is what the letter to the Ephesians was trying to say in the reading today. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Oh, this last year, this long night has been a crisis in so many ways. A crisis of faith for so many of us. You know, I thought again about how the Chinese character for the word crisis is made up of two images, opportunity and danger. Maybe that's what Jesus wanted Nicodemus, wanted us to know. The world so loved is God's gift, unmerited, unearned. 
And Jesus trusts the reality of that ongoing love so much, is so connected to it, he will go to the death to live for it and offer it to others. There is opportunity here to bask in the glory of God, to soak in the radiance of divine affection and to know life as never before. Eternal life in this case has nothing to do with what happens after our physical death, but about having an intimate relationship with God and with Christ now in this present moment, in this present life. It is about a quality of life, not about a quantity of life. But there is danger too. To say yes to this life will put us out of step with the world in both small and large ways. It will cause us to grieve more deeply and hurt more profoundly because in choosing to say yes to God's love means we will, like Jesus, live that divine love out as we grow more deeply in our relationship with God. We'll delight in all that is good in the world, whether near to us or far, but we will also mourn more acutely for those we love personally and for those neighbors near and far. For our life will be racked with questions and doubts and fears and worries about the state of the world, the state of our neighborhood and what it is we are to do so that we do no harm and we do good and we stay in love with God. But then in those times of wrestling, those times of nights of our soul, we come back to the truth that grounds it all. God loves first. When our breath is taken away by the sheer enormity of God's choosing love and experience that we are caught up in that love, an unimaginable relationship begins. And in the nighttime of our living, we can rest in the trust that God is still working as the Spirit continues to blow over the waters. Roddy Hamilton speaks to this in one of his poems. Gather round, I have a story to tell, of one who reached inside himself and took out a handful of love, like a pile of stardust, and said, This is for you. It is all you need. It's all you will ever need. There is enough here to change the whole world. Take it. Many laughed at him, mocked him, and ignored the invitation. But some, some dared to take it. And those who did notice something about this love, they found that they could do what the gift giver could do. They could stand with the lost, welcome the traveler, eat with the hungry. They found themselves doing what the man first did to them, give something of themselves to others. They became like the man offering themselves. And as they offered themselves, Others took the invitation, and many still do, and many still trust it is enough to change the whole world. Even as there are signs that some of the night is giving way to dawn as vaccinations become more and more widespread, we do not know yet what the dawn will look like. It will likely surprise us as the snow surprised me on Thursday, but we can rest assured that whatever is to come, whatever unfolds, God leads with love and our refrain as we make our way through the wilderness of this world again and again can also be love for that is what God has made us for. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Because God loves first, always, we dare to proclaim our faith. Please join us. We believe God is love, unconditional, constant love. We believe this love exists for all, choosing each and every one of us, day after day, again and again and again. We believe that God's love is like a river. Rivers cannot help but flow toward the sea. God's love cannot help but move toward us. We are swimming in it. We believe that God loved first. We believe that God breathed life into dust. We believe that God said, this is good. And because we believe that God loved first, we strive to build lives that reflect God's love. May, May we, we begin, begin again, again here. here. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, we come before you today to pray for ourselves, for our church, and for the whole world. Your care extends beyond the very limits of what we can imagine, to every creature and to every person, to the world's systems and habits, to the meanings and daily motivations of each of us. And so we give you thanks that when our love fails, your divine love never fails. Forgive us for the ways that we have taken your mercy for granted, for how we have abused the earth and its resources, by how we have treated others as objects and not as your precious children. O oh God, we confess it all and pray that your great love will turn us toward a better path. Let the light of your love illumine the deliberations of the world's leaders so that their decisions may further the common good and bring about your justice. Bless your holy church in every place, its people and leaders and those it seeks to serve in your name. We pray for Amy Aitken as she prepares to leave her current appointment and come to lead us here in Pasadena. We pray for our Bishop Grant and our Superintendent Jim as they lead our annual conference and the larger denomination. Hear our prayers along with those raised across the district today for people, the people of Crescenta Valley United Methodist Church in Montrose and at the three churches of the Eastern Sierra Cooperative Parish. God of love and mercy, we pray for all who suffer in any way this day. Even as we anticipate the end of the pandemic, we know that so many continue to suffer with the effects of the coronavirus. We especially pray for those who mourn their lost loved ones, for the lonely and isolated, and we pray your presence will bring all of them hope and healing. Let your love especially be felt by the tireless healthcare professionals who daily must face the worst of this crisis. And we pray that you will encourage with your grace all who suffer economic deprivation because of the pandemic crisis. There are many persons and situations close to our heart that we wish to place into your loving arms this day, especially all of those that are found in the prayer list May your great love be especially felt this week by Priscilla Baca, Mary Gilbert Parker, Jen Pino and her family, and Tom Wilkerson. O oh God, let your love flow into all the places of hurt and pain in this world, both great and small. We believe that you hear our prayers and that you are continually working your loving purposes out in the world so hear us now as we recall the words that our Savior Christ taught to disciples. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining in this time of online worship from First United Methodist Church in Pasadena, California. Remember that this service and all of our past events remain available for you to come back to whenever you can when you visit our church's YouTube channel. Subscribe now and you'll be able to receive reminders of all the special events that are coming up during the rest of this month and into Holy Week. Speaking of Holy Week, today is the deadline to turn in videos to be included in the Palm Sunday and Easter services. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, please check out the detailed announcement found in today's bulletin. Next Saturday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the Third at First Concert Series celebrates the birthday of Johann Sebastian Bach. Featured will be cellist David Garrett, who you heard during this morning's prelude, along with Aaron Shows, three of our talented vocal soloists, and members of the Chancel Choir. I hope you'll join us at 4 or any time thereafter on the Church's YouTube channel. The United Methodist Women meet tomorrow, the youth are continuing to raise funds for Heifer International, and there are other ongoing group meetings. You can get all the details about these things when you download the bulletin. There is a link in today's video description and also in yesterday's worship email. During this year-long separation, many of you have made the transition to electronic giving using the church's online giving website. A link to that is in the video description or click on the donate button at the top of the church's website. The postal service works as well. Mail checks directly to the address that's on the screen right now. Finally, remember that we have a special email address that has been made available for you to communicate directly with the clergy staff connect at fumcpasadena.org. Share with us your prayer requests or any needs that we can help meet. Be well, take care of yourself this week, and if you can, take care of somebody else too. And remember to wear a mask.
as you leave this space. May your mouth speak of God's goodness. May your arms hold those in need. And may your feet walk towards justice. And may your heart trust its worth. May your soul dance in God's grace. And may this be your rhythm again and again and again until God's promised day. In the name of the lover, the beloved, and love itself, go. Go with courage. Go with heart. Go in peace. Amen.